0: how do you monetize this? Cause I was making all these videos and people love them, but you don't make money for giving away your information for free. So I had to find a way to monetize it. And that was the beginning of me getting into the online course space.
1: Plug into the mind of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Hi everybody, Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast and the guest that I have today is so funny. I run my online programs, my membership on this platform called Kajabi. Funny name, not relevant because it's basically this really interesting platform where I get to teach, automate a bunch of stuff around my marketing and it gets a little complicated and I'm always looking for answers and the one that always shows up on YouTube is this gentleman Graham Cochran and he's teaching a lot of people on how to get paid for what they know which is the title of his book which is actually how to get paid for what you know and he is here to teach us a little more about for those of you who want to be info entrepreneurs which is selling your knowledge or being a consultant a coach and seeing that there's other ways for you to make money we're going to talk about what's happening in the industry how you can play a part of it and how this is actually allowing you to make more and I'm excited he's gonna share some of his wisdoms every time I have a question on the platforms I use he has the answers available on the social platforms the man has over 80,000 monthly followers on his podcast YouTube his blog he's always talking also about business mindset productivity he's actually helping people to have passive income in their lives and this is what we're going to talk about this is it real can we be passive and make some money we're gonna debunk some myths talk more in depth and be able to dig into his new book and see what we can learn. Graham, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Jason, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. Yeah, and I'm serious, you've helped me so much. And you know, this is why it's an honor to have you on the show. Every time I'm looking for those questions, you have a great presence online, but I kind of wanted to go into history because you've not always been kind of helping business owners or consultants. You had your own history in music, and that's kind of how you discovered this space where you can have a passion, do online courses, make passive income, can you share us that history?
0: Yeah, I stumbled into online business and knowledge commerce or courses or e-learning, all, whatever you wanna call it. I stumbled into it out of necessity. In 2009, my wife and I moved to Florida and I got a job, I lost that job. i had already lost a job in Virginia, so I lost two jobs in that year during the global recession. We bought our first house, we had our first baby and that's when I lost my second job and it was, We were living off of savings, and I had a music background as a musician, singer, songwriter, an audio engineering background, so I would make records in the studio for bands. And I was doing that on the side for freelance money, just for fun. And so I tried to ramp up getting clients. What you're trying to help people do is how to get clients. I was trying to get clients and make the sale, but I didn't know anybody in the area, so I thought I would go online and blog. I ended up shooting some videos on YouTube because I was trying to show my credibility, what I was doing in the studio. So I would want to show them the software that we're using. It's called Pro Tools. It's kind of like the Photoshop of the music world, but how I'd make a record, how it could make their vocals sound better, how it could make the drums sound better. And I thought it would be like a authority building thing, a credibility building thing. And what ended up happening is I built an audience without realizing it around my content, who wanted to learn how to do it for themselves. They were the DIYers that were like I want to do it myself. And this was mid 2000, early in 2009, 2010, we were about nine, 10 years into a revolution with music technology, much like cameras got more affordable and you couldn't make quality movies and take quality photos on the cheap. Same thing was happening with audio gear. And so there was a movement of people who wanted to not go to the studio and they wanted to learn how to do it themselves. It was a great convergence for me because I really believed everyone can make a record at home for cheap. And I just stumbled into being an educator which led me down the path of building content and then building courses and how do you monetize this? Cause I was making all these videos and people love them, but you don't make money for giving away your information for free. So I had to find a way to monetize it. And that was the beginning of me getting into the online course space.
1: I'd be curious to ask you about this online course space. If you look at it from a market perspective, how would you say is the maturity of this market? Do you feel like, you know, is it still the early stages? Do you feel like we're right in the maturity or are we at the late stages of building courses to teach our knowledge?
0: Yeah, I mean, no no one knows the future. What does the Proverbs say in the book of James and the Bible says, don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what a day may bring. Like, I don't know where the future is, but if I had to put my money on it, I'm pretty bullish on us being at the beginning of a 30, 40 year wave. This industry right now is hovering around a $300 billion a year industry and it's growing. The negative Nancy's will say it's becoming saturated. I think it's just People are waking up to this as a normal way to get their education, to learn. People aren't as interested in going to university as they were, it's so expensive, they're going into debt. What if I could just buy a course for a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks and learn a skill that I can then go turn into a business or to get a raise or to jump into a new career. And so I think people are open to it. It was harder to sell 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago when I got started. You had to do a lot of convincing the people. How am I gonna get this content delivered? Does it come in a DVD? Like there were so many questions back then. Now it's so normative that I think you're gonna see more and more people coming online looking for information and more people being willing to sell it. So I tell people, you haven't missed the boat, we're at the front of the wave, but get on the wave.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, you know, so many people are actually realizing that there's a lot that they can teach and there's certain passions that they have, which would kind of beg me the question, like I know you teach people how to get paid for what they know, is there a minimum type of requirement? Are there things that we should know in advance or are there certain qualifiers or disqualifiers for anybody who's maybe interested in building courses and getting in on this space to do it for themselves?
0: Yeah, I think the great thing is, is that anybody can do this because everybody knows something, everyone has experience, what we don't know is, A, is that valuable to someone else? Because most of the time we think what we know, what we're good at, it's so common to us, we assume everybody else knows it, or why would anybody pay me to know that? Like We don't see the value. We undervalue ourselves, right? We don't see how much value we have to offer. So a part of the book and part of what I teach is trying to help people uncover what's really valuable in there to somebody else. And then the other part of it is, is learning the technical side, which you mentioned Kajabi, tools like that have come out, have made selling online so much easier. One solution, one click, everything's integrated, one login, I mean, I used to have to learn coding and slapping plugins together. And I'm not a technical person, but you know, if you're motivated, you'll figure it out, but it's so much easier now on the technical side, but you do have to learn a couple of things and then you do have to learn what you teach, it's like how to sell. And I think people do get tripped up on that, which is why I love your book and I love your concept because it is service to others. The beautiful thing is, and we were just talking briefly about your conversation with Rich Litvin, he talks a lot about service and it's just giving of yourself to somebody else. And so when you can get over the technical jargon and the marketing speak, which doesn't help anyway, and just realize, look, have you helped someone in real life in the past Like, have they called you for help? Like, are you the person that people text when they have a question about whatever the subject matter is? Like, hey, what do you think about this? I know you're good at X, Y, and Z. Like, my wife is a photographer. People ask her, like, hey, I want to buy my husband a camera. Like, what should I get? Or what does exposure mean or what is aperture? If you're that person and people are asking you for help, then you have enough experience and knowledge to help somebody get a little bit further. And then all selling is, is just inviting them to go a little bit deeper with you and commit a little bit more to you to get so much more in return. And so that's maybe where people get hung up. And I understand that I didn't have a sales background. I'm a musician. (laughs) I'm an introvert. Like we talked about before we went on the air, I don't love getting in front of people and asking for their money. So if I can figure out a way to do it, Anybody can do it, and the reason you can do it is because all you're doing is sharing what you know, and sharing is the word I like to land on. It's a sharing thing, and that's why 95% of what I put together in the world content-wise goes out for free every single week, and I feel really comfortable knowing that you could just get my free material and build a business off of it if you wanted to, so I don't feel bad asking for you to pay for my in-depth material if you want to go deeper.
1: You know, it's one of the reasons why I want to bring you on the show is you actually preach and teach something that I also think is extremely valuable to be able to sell along my concepts of selling with love is you'll have what, call it 95% of the people that encounter you will not buy anything. But the way that you structured your business is all these people are left better off, even if they don't buy. And then you got that 5% that grows into a bigger pie that do buy and they become really good customers. And I just wanna acknowledge that. And for everybody listening, I will put a link to the YouTube so you can go deeper in conversations with Graham. Because when it comes to this marketing tech stuff, and first off, What Graham said, the technology is truly becoming so much easier than when I first started as well. For me, I think it was back in 2010, and you had to be really curious, like you had to figure out things and plugins and the reliability wasn't there. Now it's become so fantastically easy. The technology is actually removing barriers as opposed to creating them, which basically leaves you left with what you know. Now, I'd love to know if you have any tools that you should talk about in the book that could help someone who's like, okay, yeah, maybe people ask me about this or that. Should I be going through an internal process of fleshing out my ideas? Should I be doing something more to see if people would even buy this? How would I get started to validate that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So in the book, I walk through the six step process that I coach people to into building these kind of information product businesses that are pretty automated and scalable. And step one is the most important, right? It's discovery. It's figuring out your profitable idea. And that's fun and could be challenging, but it's like treasure hunting. And so there's three steps in that little process. But let's say you've done the first step, which is kind of getting selfish and listing all the things that you're good at, that you know, you've helped people with in the past that you enjoy reading about, talking about. I mean, for me on that list, it would include football and pizza and personal finance and investing and Star Wars and a bunch of random stuff I'll maybe never get paid for. But then there's some stuff in there that then you're trying to find, okay, of those things that I like and I'm good at and I know a little bit about, where is there an intersection between what the market will pay for and other people need help with and find valuable? And so in doing that, you can do that informally with family, friends on your social media platforms. Like if you were interested in fitness or maybe you have lost a lot of weight, transformed your body And you had this amazing personal transformation. And so now you're really into fitness and you've helped a few people that said, wow, Graham, you lost a lot of weight. How do I do what you did? Maybe you're like, maybe I could help people in that area. You could simply get on social and just ask these two questions. Hey, I'm looking to help people with their fitness journey. Can you let me know if you're ever interested in transforming your body? What has been your biggest challenge when it comes to losing weight or eating right or fitness just dm me privately if you don't want to post it publicly like i'm just curious to know what your biggest hang up has been and then the second question is what is your biggest goal around losing weight or getting in shape or your body this year like what's the ultimate dream like let me know in a private message i'm trying to better understand people how i can serve them that kind of two sides of the same coin question is very inf- and very helpful to know if you're doing it informally but one process i take people through in the book is just even if you're never going to write a book, it's funny, I didn't even think about writing a book when I started my business years ago, but I would use Amazon and look at what are the best-selling books in this category? A, are there any books in this category? If there are no books being sold on the topic or niche you're in, that might be a question mark. Not always, but If there are books being published in your area, that's a really good sign that there are people that are willing to buy something around that area, for one, because publishers have gotten behind it, put money behind it. Look at the top five books, you know, in terms of number of reviews, let's say, in a category, and then look at the table of contents. What are these books about? Like, what are they addressing? That gives you some indicator. They've already done the research of what people want, you know, to put together a best-selling book. Look at the reviews, the four, three, and two-star reviews. None of the fanboys, because they're going to love everything, or the haters are going to hate everything. But the mushy middle, people are going to love a little bit about the book, and then they're going to have some problems with other parts of the book. And maybe the book was fine, but it just couldn't cover everything. So maybe there's a gap that you could fill. You can just learn a lot about what real people want. Why did they come to the book in the first place? What did they get out of it? And what was lacking All of that gives you some insight into real people that need help in this area. And then you just kind of keep a document of like, man, it sounds like people get hung up in this area or really want this specific result. I thought it was this. Like for me, when I started the second business teaching online business, I thought income potential was going to be high on the list. Like I, I want to be able to start a business so I can make more. And while that is a thing, I kept hearing in my initial research with people was flexibility. I just want to have flexibility. That's my highest value is I want to be able to take my kids to school or pick them up or I want to be able to with your schedule like work out during the day and like do stuff during the day and then I want I like to work at night, but I want that opportunity or I just want to take a month off if I wanted to and travel, but that's not an opportunity right now. How could I have a business that allows me to do that? And that was important for me to understand. That's important to me personally, but now knowing that my people and a lot of people want to know that, I weave that into my content my positioning, my marketing, because that's what the research told me.
1: That's a very powerful and free way for people to do so much research that most of us have never considered. So if I understood this correctly, is whatever it is, this skill or the passion that we have that we think might potentially have Uh, marketability or at least a a product market fit people might pay to get that solved going to amazon finding a book in the category the top one looking at the mid-tier reviews and seeing all of the insights to better understand who would potentially buy this this is a gold mine for most people and i don't think many people take the time to go do that and realize how much value is there i mean in my principles i talk about one of the loves of selling is understand the customer like the way to love the client is to actually understand them and i think this becomes a shortcut that i'm actually going to borrow so thank you that's a really powerful one because if somebody takes the time to leave a mid-tier review that means they actually liked it they wanted to solve a problem they got genuine feedback so i think this is something anybody who's listening to this right now can apply now i need to address one thing though graham it feels like if i look at someone like you like you've been doing this for years you've been teaching in this niche right How the hell do I get started without feeling so intimidated or even almost embarrassed because I'm looking at people that have been doing this for years. They have such a high level of sophistication. Who am I to get started in this space?
0: Yeah, that's the big question, right? People call it imposter syndrome. The Journal of Behavioral Science did a study on, they called it the imposter phenomenon in that study, but they said a 70% of adults struggle with feeling like an imposter with their work, including professionals like doctors, lawyers, marketing executives, 70% of adults. And I always say that the other 30% relying on that survey. I think that's interesting because it just shows human nature that you can be very, A, the people you're looking up to (laughs) or you think are crushing it, they're probably really insecure. (laughs) And I can say that from experience, the more successful you become or whatever your accolades are or whatever metric you use for success, once you have it, you're afraid of losing it. And you see the other people who were like the newbies on the block who are now crushing it and doing as well as you, if not better than you. And they're like, oh my gosh, they got there faster than me. So it never goes away. But the who am I to do this, I think is just human nature because we just undervalue, again, who we are. Who are we to do anything? Anybody at the top in whatever niche you're in, who are they? There's another human being not to diminish from them, but we're all human beings. (laughs) And so we all have an experience. It's different experience, but here's the great thing is, is, I talk about this in the book is we have to reframe what it is people want. People don't want an expert. They don't need an expert. They want results. They're too selfish. They don't care about you and your credentials. They don't care about your story. No offense. What they need is help and they need transformation. So they're looking for people. They're Googling or searching on YouTube. They're looking for help. If they find you they're wondering within three seconds, can this gal or this guy help me? Will they help me? And so if you spend all your time talking about how awesome you are, they're going to tune out. But if you start to dive in and help them and serve them and love them, like you are saying, then they're going to pay attention because we pay attention to people that serve us, right? The people in our lives that we love the most are the people that are generous, who are selfless, we pay attention to them. The people that just talk, talk, talk about themselves, like we tune out, right? The great news is, is you don't have to be an expert. For example, when I started in the music space, my first business, The Recording Revolution, I thought, why would anybody watch my videos or care about me teaching recording or mixing? I'm just a normal audio engineer. I'm not, I don't have a Grammy Award. None of my clients you've ever heard of, they're all indie artists. So none of the metrics of like, oh, you should listen to that producer because he worked with Taylor Swift. I didn't have any of that stuff. So I thought, why would people listen to me? And I was surprised to find out people listened to me because what I shared with them helped them. And that's all the credibility they needed. like, well, he said to go do this one trick on this one thing. I did it and it worked and it sounded great. This guy's great. And then he came back for more. And so I just tell people, When you're getting into this space, it is not going to serve you to, whatever your niche is, to look at the big players in the space. Don't look at them. It's only going to make you feel even more like an imposter. And that's sort of like that you're climbing up the ladder, you're looking up the ladder, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm never going to get as high as they are. Instead, just look behind you in the journey of the people that aren't where you are, that just want to get a step further. Can you help move them one step further? They'll love you forever. You can be a small fry. No one could know your name, but you can find your few hundred to a thousand people on the internet who will pay you regularly for coaching, a course, a membership, whatever it is, and you can make a a six-figure-a-year business. So it's like, what do you want? Do you want to be well-known? That's different. And that maybe takes a different path. Or do you want to have a business that gives you freedom and you want to serve people and go to sleep feeling like you did something that you believe in? Well, that's much easier to pull off and you don't need to be an expert to pull that off. It's just helping people get a step further in their transformation journey.
1: I'm going to do another plug for everyone listening to this. Graham is such an amazing speaker, as you can tell here. He's also written this amazing book, How to Get Paid for What You Know, Turning Your Knowledge, Passion, Experience into an Online Stream in your spare time. I'm going to put a link to his book. Definitely grab a copy of this. If you are in the path, you are learning, teaching, coach, consultant, you'll want to get a copy of this book. This is going to be foundational to getting yourself started, which brings me to another question, Graham, which is if I understand the product side, you already said, you know, whether it's a online course membership uh, community, there's various things that you can structure to be the online business here. But now a lot of times we focus on this whole social media aspect or content aspect, right? So, which is like, oh my God, okay, I want to get started. What do I need? I need to do TikTok reels. I need to do Instagram, YouTube, blog, podcasting. Yeah, this is a podcast. I, I'm listening to a podcast. I should do a podcast. Ah, it's overwhelming. And I'm sure you probably get this kind of question, which is like, what's the one thing I should do? But I'd just like to know your opinion. Like, what are some of the things I should be thinking about as I'm trying to find a way to get more people to know about who I am and what I do?
0: A Couple things here, this is important. A side note related to this. It doesn't help when you just look at what other people are doing and then just go copy them because a, you don't know if it's working for them. They're just doing it just because they're posting reels. Doesn't mean it's doing anything for their business. Like, do we know? We don't know because we're not them. Only they would know. And B just because people are doing it, even if it's working for them, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. They have their own goals, their own business, and every business is different. That aside What every business needs is leads. You need people to know that you exist, right? This has always been the case. And so a traditional form of getting leads is advertising. The great news is in today's modern age, you actually don't have to run ads to get leads. You can get leads for free through content, something called content marketing. And this is what I teach. So I don't run any paid ads, I I never have. But what I do is I create free content that's discoverable because the beauty of search engines is if people are going to Google and YouTube, which are the two most visited websites in the world, and they're both search engines, right? If they're going there every day, looking up stuff, how to fix my toilet, how do I make a proposal? Like, how do I lose weight? Like whatever, they're going there every day and telling these platforms their deepest, darkest secrets. These are starting points for people's online journeys. You should show up there and you can show up there for free by having content that's, by these search engines. And that would pretty much include, if you have a blog, Google will pick it up over time. If you make YouTube videos, YouTube is a humongous search engine. I don't really look at it as a social media platform. It's number one is a search engine. And so if you have videos there, it'll show up. And then podcasts can show up as well. But with Apple Podcasts, it's a little bit more of a closed loop. But especially if you have like what you do, you do all three perfectly. You have a blog that has the YouTube video embedded, the podcast embedded. So you're kind of combining them, which I like to do as well. That kind of content is what's going to get you discovered as opposed to TikTok, Instagram reels, Snapchat, any of these things you could go viral. It could get discovered much harder though, because these platforms are generally closed loops. Generally people are just looking for entertainment and just liking things. They're not going to these platforms to learn something. So if you want to sell your knowledge. Be on a platform that you could post a video five years ago and it will still show up when somebody searches that topic. I'm all about efficiency. So if I want to create content every week, I'm looking at all the platforms around. I'm thinking, what's the best and highest use of my time? I could do it all, but I choose not to because I have other goals in life. And so I make YouTube videos primarily. I've done podcast blogging, YouTube, but my YouTube I think has been the biggest source of leads for me in terms of best use of my time. So if you shot one to two videos a week on YouTube, that's gonna over time, you're gonna start to show up in these search feeds. The algorithm has gotten even more democratized for newer channels. I tell people uh, my oldest daughter, she's 12, she wanted to start a YouTube channel doing like walkthroughs of this video game called Roblox. And within that game, there's a game called Bloxburg and she builds these houses and she wants to screen capture these builds that she does and share these houses. And so I set her up with a YouTube channel And she shot her first video. I showed her how to upload it. I was like, what is this video about? So she told me what it's about. I was like, here's how you should title the video. Like, I'm not that creative. I'm not an SEO person, but Roblox is the name of the video video game. Bloxburg is the game within the game, how to do this type of build, like very straightforward. I was like, let's make that the title. A Couple of basic things to tell YouTube what this video is about. I showed her how to make a decent looking thumbnail in Canva, which is free. She uploaded the video we go off with our day, come back three hours later, we search Bloxburg, you know, Roblox, how to do this kind of, we're looking for that type of video. She's on the first page of results. She has zero subscribers, zero followers, but she's showing up on the first page of results when people type in that video game, in that topic. That's discoverability at its finest. And so to me, when I'm teaching people, I'm saying if you had to pick one platform, I would say YouTube, but I would say, if you like to write, do a blog, If you're good at speaking and you don't want to deal with cameras, get a podcast going, but you need to create content that's evergreen that will live on forever as opposed to wasting all your time doing TikToks and Instagram reels that might blow up, but they're going to disappear in the feed after 24 hours. The chances are not in your favor and you have a better chance of getting a ideal warm target from these discoverability platforms like YouTube blogging podcasts.
1: Yeah, I love that answer. And I've tried a lot of different things on the Instagram and you're right, the videos disappear after a while. And if you wanna go long term, then you should be putting your content in a place that's super long term. Graham, I feel like we're just touching the surface on everything that you know, but I do wanna bring it to the question I love to ask my guests, which is, you're on the Selling With Love podcast, so I have to ask you, what does selling with love mean to you?
0: Hey, that's the greatest phrase ever. Kudos to you for getting that book title. Selling with love means putting other people first, right? So you've had Bob Berg on the show. I love The Go-Giver. My number one favorite book to recommend. I was lucky enough to have Bob endorse my book, which was a crazy story, but he gets it right in his book, right? That selling comes from the old English word salon, which means to give. So selling is just giving and it's giving of yourself for the benefit of the other person. So A, Selling with love means you can't sell crap or you can't sell something that's bad for somebody. That's not really selling with love. So get out of the business of selling. And I've sold, I used to sell radio advertising and I didn't believe in it years ago. I was like, this doesn't work. I'm taking these small business owners' money. It doesn't work is what I believed, right? So it was hard for me to make a living doing that because I didn't believe in it. So sell something you believe in, number one. (laughs) And then number two, realize that selling is just offering. It's just giving something that you know will totally blow people's lives up in a good way and take them to the next level. It's not up to you to take their money. They are either gonna be able to afford it or choose to afford it, which is the better phrase, or not. But it's your job to offer it and say, man, open up your hands. And I always think about a waiter at a restaurant. How do they sell to you? Oh, sir, would you like another cocktail? It's so innocuous. Would you like, I would like another cocktail. They're not ramming this drink down my throat. They're not taking my money. They're just offering me something that I know I'm gonna enjoy and it's up to me to say, oh, I don't really want to pay more. I haven't had enough. And I can say yes or no. But they, at least they made the offer. So to me, selling with love starts with, do you care about the other person and their success and their benefit? If you do, you're only going to sell good products and you're going to have their best interests in mind and just offer them something valuable. That's all selling with love is to me.
1: Graham, that is a powerful answer. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with me. I know there's so much more we could go deeper into, but the good news is for all the listeners, of course I've put a link to both the book that just came out, so you're gonna wanna get a copy of that. As you know, when I brought my book out, I was really encouraging you all to pick up my book. It supports us so much when we release a book to buy them early on. So go and click that link, get a copy. It's available as an ebook, an audiobook, and hard soft cover. So you'll be able to grab that. And we're gonna put a link as well so you can actually go and find the YouTube channel where Graham has tons of content, tons of things that you can learn, dig deeper into building your own online business, whether you're a coach, coach, consultant, or small business. There's so much you can do when you start actually leveraging online platforms and actually being able to teach. If you have a curiosity, you have something you're passionate about, you've learned strategic things you can apply right now to get more information, understand your clients more, and go out there and serve them in a beautiful way. Graham, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. For everybody else listening in, keep selling with love.